Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Pain and Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith. I am so excited to be back here with you guys. Um, Last week was actually our first week of the podcast, so this is week two, and we have actually just started a series. This is a series-based podcast, and so we do a series for four weeks, and then we have different guests come on and share how God has birthed their pain their purpose through their pain for four weeks and it's a new kind of setup for me Uh, if you guys are followers of the black girls of purpose podcast and you know that we were doing a bible study every single week and so that part is pretty familiar but doing a bible study for four weeks and then bringing on guests for four weeks is a little bit of a different format so i hope that you guys will be patient with me as we navigate this new territory but I am so grateful uh, to be here again with you guys. It means a lot to me to be teaching God's Word. So a little bit of background on how the Pain and Purpose podcast got started, in case you missed it last week. I actually have, as I said before, another podcast called the Black Girls of Purpose podcast. And on that podcast, we did weekly Bible studies. And then at the end of the month, we would feature different women of faith who were in business, whether they own their own business or they were working in a traditional nine to five. And there just came a time where I started feeling like I wanted to share the podcast with more people, but I knew that there were certain people who wouldn't listen because of the title of the podcast. And I never wanted to be a reason that God's word couldn't go forth because people felt like, Oh, well, this doesn't apply to me. You know, I'm not their target demographic. And so we actually did a podcast or series called the pain and purpose series over on the black girls of purpose podcast. And I don't care what race you are. I would highly suggest you, you go over to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast and listen to that Pain and Purpose series because it really provided a lot of clarity, even for me, um, in terms of some of the reasoning behind why I was going through the things that I was going through. And we just equated the pain that we feel sometimes in this life with the labor pains that you may feel when you go into labor as a pregnant mother or expectant mother. And we just talked about how, you know, pain requires us to push and how pain is not permanent. And that's why I love this platform, this pain and purpose platform, because I get to share the stories of people who have seen what was on the other side of their pain, and they've seen how God has turned their pain into purpose. And so uh, that really was the heart behind this particular podcast, is making sure that we could share the gospel with more people, and then also giving people a platform to share their specific story and show that God doesn't waste anything. And so last week, we started a series called why do you cry and this morning this afternoon this evening whenever you're listening to this we're going to continue that um, with another story and in in that particular story that we highlighted last week uh, God raises a little girl from the dead and so God really placed it upon my heart to study the different parts in scripture where he raised people from the dead and the commandments that he gave to those around them who were mourning and just the deliverance that people were able to experience. And so today we're going to be coming out of Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through 17. And it reads, soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near the town, a dead man was being carried out. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. 
a large crowd from the city was also with her. When the Lord saw her, he had great compassion on her and said, don't cry. Then he came up and touched the open coffin and the pallbearers stopped. And he said, young man, I tell you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to speak and Jesus gave him to his mother. Then fear came over everyone and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has risen from among us and God has visited his people. The report about him went throughout all Judea and the vicinity. So a little bit of background on this text. There are a couple things that you may notice and I have shared in recent weeks, even before I was doing the Pain of Purpose podcast, just when I was doing my Bible studies over on my Instagram page, that God's kind of put it on my heart to start breaking down the characters in a particular story because it's really important for you to know all the parts that are at play. And so in this particular passage of scripture, we see a few people. We see Jesus, we see his disciples, and we see the loud, large crowd that is with them. And then we meet a deceased young man, his mother, who is a widow, and a large crowd who was with them, as well as the pallbearers who were carrying this man, this young man, to his grave. Now, what I think is important for you guys to note is that scripture was very intentional about mentioning that this woman was a widow and that she, this was her only son because at that particular time in history, you know, a woman's wealth was really tied to her spouse or her ability to produce an heir. And so to know that her husband had passed away and then she had a son who would be typically in that time in charge of taking care of her and making sure that she had everything that she needed financially, that he died. It just, she just was not in a good place. And I, as I look at that, I just think about how that's how a lot of people are right now, right? That you are in a place where you're not secure financially, that you may have had a loved one pass away, that you may be feeling insecure or feeling like you don't have any wealth because these relationships that you put so much value in are no longer around you, or you have the relationships, but you're not able to interact with these people as much. I mean, I feel like this woman is so many of us, and she is in a state of mourning naturally because her only son, her young son, it says that scripture says that he was young, is being carried out in an open coffin. And again, as I, as I think about that, I feel like so many people are in this season right now and you feel like your hopes and your dreams and your aspirations and your career goals and your relationship goals are in an open coffin and you are following behind these pallbearers that are leading your hopes, your dreams, your relationship goals, your professional goals, your career goals to the grave. And I really feel in this moment that Jesus is coming to you and saying the same thing that he said to this woman. He says, don't cry. No, I find it to be so interesting that Jesus would interrupt a funeral procession and tell the mother of a child who is dead, don't cry. Many people would think that that was blasphemous right why would you how could you possibly fix your mouth to tell someone who is mourning a loved one don't cry but the reason why christ was able to say that and say it with authority is that he knew that he was going to be able to want to be he was going to be able to breathe life into this situation that appeared as if it were dead 
And I know that in this season, I've been battling even with some of the words of encouragement that I've felt led to share with people because I think to myself, God, people are really in a bad place right now. And, you know, is it right for me to encourage them or to tell them, hey, don't cry, it's going to be all right. And when I look at this passage of scripture, I know that it is. It's it's not to say you're not sad, but don't allow yourself to stay in that place because it can be very tempting to believe that your current circumstances dictate your future. And that's just not how it is. Even though this woman had probably started to envision her life without her son and start to think it through all the things that might happen as a result of this loss, she just, God just interrupts all of that and says, hey, don't cry. And so as I looked at this, I realized a few things. Like last week we were talking about and that's what we'll continue to talk about today. We were talking about believing that God can resurrect things that are dead and how if we're going to believe that God can resurrect things that appear to be dead, we have to have a heart of humility. We have to choose faith over fear and we have to be willing to cut off some things, whether that's people or a set of beliefs. But today I'm going to talk about three more things that are necessary if you're going to believe that God can resurrect those things that appear as if they're dead. And the first thing is that you have to understand God is the only one who has the authority to change your situation. The second thing is that you have to understand that when God touches your situation, what was unclean can become clean. And the third thing is when God touches you, you have a decision to make. Continue to cower in fear or get up in faith. So the first point I said is that whenever you are trusting God to resurrect that which appears to be dead, you have to understand that he is the only one who has the authority to change your situation. Now, why do I point this out? I point this out because I find that there are some of us who are trying to resurrect things that are dead and we're struggling. We're struggling because it's not something that God has authorized to be resurrected. And so it's a relationship that he's telling you to let go of, or it is a job that he allowed you to be fired from, or it is a, you know, new mindset that you have had to take on and you keep trying to get back to this old thing, right? This dead thing. You keep trying to get back into that old habit of of drinking or overeating or whatever the case may be. And you're finding that every time you try and resurrect that thing, you're failing. And the reason why is that there are some things in your life that have to stay dead. There are some things in your life that have to stay dead. And I know that that can be hard to hear, especially when you think about relationships with people But I know that scripture says in John 15 that he, that Jesus prunes everything that produces fruit or God prunes every person that produces fruit so that they can bear more fruit. And so sometimes God will allow us to suffer loss, whether it is a physical loss, like I said, or the loss of a loved one, or if it's the loss of a position at a job or the loss of a relationship or the loss of 
confidence in something that we had or the loss of, of the loss of money, he will allow us to experience those things so that he can make sure that we are solely dependent on him. And if you guys are over here from the Black Girls of Purpose podcast, you know I've told this story countless times, but in 2018, or 2017, excuse me, my husband and I entered into what I call our financial sunken place. And we were barely getting by. I mean, our account overdrafted so many times just within a five-week span. We were kind of on the edge on a regular basis of how we were going to pay bills. And I remember when that first started, I thought to myself, okay, this is happening because God wants to test our faith. We've been called to entrepreneurship. And so he just wants to see if we're going to be consistent. And after several times of the account overdrafting us, I had to say to myself, this can't be God because serving God doesn't feel like this. It's not just brute punishment. Right. And when I, when I cried out to God and asked him why we were dealing with what we were dealing with, he brought me to Hebrews 12 that talks about no, discipline being pleasant at the time, but painful, but it says that it can yield a fruit, it can yield a, a harvest of righteousness for those who choose to be trained by it. And so that was really the beginning of our training process. And I share that because there were so many times where I thought to myself, okay, you know, I know God is pruning us in this season or, that even the next year in 2018 when I we had this successful business and he told me to lay it down and I kept trying to pick it back up and he just kept showing me like girl no there's nothing coming here every time I would try and, and secure a new client or find another contract or whatever the case may be it would just dry up completely and it just showed me that God is the only one who can resurrect dead things if it's in his will for you to be in that relationship again if it's in his will for you to start that business back up, if it's in his will, for you to increase in your finances, only he is the one who can do it. And I think about even this current season that we're in with COVID-19 and how people are starting to get these stimulus checks. And I just was thinking earlier this week about how, if you told me two months ago that we'd be getting a check from the government that wasn't our tax refund, I would be blown away. Like, no, that's not going to happen. And this is literally a miracle, y'all. I mean, I don't know if y'all are looking at it like that, but this is money that we did not work for. And I know, yes, people have lost jobs, that kind of thing, but literally this is money we're just being given and it's not having to be paid back. Like, you can't say that's not God. The amount of money that this is like that's hitting people's accounts is something that some people would have to work three months to get or four months or half a year. And we just got it because only God is able to resurrect dead things. So you're, you've been striving and struggling with your finances. And then just like that, God said, hey, I'm going to give you a check. That's bananas to me. But as I said before, it shows only he can resurrect dead things. We've been working and striving and, and my husband's been trying to find new employment. And I mean, I just looked at the account and I just thought, wow, we haven't had this money, much money in our account since we are saving to move into our house. Like that's the last time we had it. Every, every other month has kind of been okay. You know, hope we're going to be all right this month. And we have been by the grace of God, but it just showed me God's resurrection power is so real. And all the effort I was putting in 
God's like, girl, this is nothing compared to me. And I think about how he is a God of suddenly. I mean, you look in this passage of scripture when we're, we're meeting this widow and this young man, it's that he touched the man and he told him to get up and he did. There wasn't a hesitation. When God decides to move on your situation, you don't have to worry about there being a, a delay or a hesitation. He is a, a suddenly type God, but you again have to understand that only he can resurrect the dead. So if you're continually, continuously striving and losing sleep over something that God is trying to let you he's telling you to let go of, you just need to trust him and you need to say, Hey God, okay, this doesn't feel good. I'm not sure why you would allow this to happen to me, but I'm tired of striving and trying to do this in my own strength and I'm trusting you. And you know, it's like that, that cliche that says, if you love something, let it go. And if it comes back, that's how you'll know. I mean, I would edit that and say, if God brings it back, that's how you'll know. Because there are so many dreams and visions that I've had that I have felt like I had to let go of in previous years. And some of those things I'm still waiting to be resurrected if God so chooses, but some of those things God did bring back. And I even think about my relationship with my husband and how at one point when we were dating, God told me to break up with him. And I knew that God had told me that he was my husband, but I couldn't be consumed with, uh, well, God, this is what you said. Why would you tell me to break up with him? I just said, okay, God, don't really understand this, but I'll let it go. Uh, Cause I don't want him to be a God. I don't want him to be an idol or more important than you. And so I let go of that relationship. And then six weeks later, we were back together. And then we just celebrated our four year wedding anniversary last week. So. I could have constantly worked on trying to keep this relationship in my hands, but I would have only been hurting myself because I would have been cheating myself of the lessons that God told me and shared with me during that process of us being apart. And that's where God is with some of you, that he had you give up the relationship, not so you can guys can never get back together, but so that you could focus on him. It becomes really easy, you guys, to focus on your spouse whenever you get married. And not even just from a standpoint of, oh, you love them so much, but you start focusing on all the areas that they need to grow in God and you miss the growth opportunities for yourself. And so sometimes God will allow you to to be single in a season for you to really address those things in your heart that can only be addressed with the two of you without any distractions. So the second point that we see here in this passage of scripture, and I said the first point is that when we are trusting God to resurrect the dead, we have to understand that he is the only one with authority to change our situation. But the second thing that I have here is that when God touches your situation, what was unclean before can become clean. Now, what some of y'all may think, what are you talking about, Bree? That sounds like some really holy speak. But in the Old Testament, if you touched a dead body, you were considered ceremoniously unclean. And so you had to go away, like literally go in hiding and be away from people for at least seven days. And then you had to come back and sacrifice an offering. It was a whole ritual. And in this passage of scripture, God touches a dead body. But what's so amazing, and, and you'll see this even if you read commentary Bibles, it said that God wasn't worried about, and when I say God, I'm talking about Jesus because they're, they're 
all in one. God, Holy Spirit, and Jesus are all one. But Jesus touches this dead body and commentary talks about how he wasn't worried about being unclean, being made unclean, ceremoniously unclean, or having to go and be away from people and then sacrifice an offering. He literally is the living sacrifice. And so he knew that he had the opportunity to take what was unclean, which is a dead body, and make it clean. Now, how does this apply to your particular situation? Some of you may feel like, oh, well, I can't come to God because I'm filthy, I'm dirty, he, you don't know what I've done, Bree. And even whether you're a believer or you're an unbeliever, you're just thinking to yourself, Bree, you know, I've messed up too much. I've, this, is, this, is, this was going to be my last chance. And so I'm sure that my life is over with. Like you're, you're, you feel like you're the one who's in the coffin and people are mourning your life and, and you're even mourning your own life. It's like having an out-of-body experience and you're just thinking, wow, I really messed this up. I thought I was going to be able to start this business. I thought I was going to be able to be the, the generational curse breaker for my family, that I was going to be the one to overcome depression, that I was going to be the one to deal with my anger issues. And I messed up yet again. And so maybe, maybe this is dead. Maybe I just need to stop doing this. And I just want you to know that God can touch your situation and he can make your unclean situation clean. And it really ties perfectly with the name of this whole podcast, the Pain and Purpose podcast. I have seen how God has taken some of my deepest pain, my deepest shame and turned it into something purposeful. I've shared also on the Black Girls of Purpose podcast how I battled with honestly just guilt when I got pregnant with our first son, Jaden, and I wasn't excited when I got pregnant. I, and, I, and, and now as I look back at that time, I'm sad that I wasn't excited, but God showed me, he said, Bree, I didn't allow you to experience that so you could be ashamed of it. I did that so that you can minister to other women who are in a situation where they have an unwanted pregnancy and you can show them, hey, God gave me joy in a situation where I felt like I would never find joy. And it's even more of a testament because not only do we have Jaden, but we have another son. And so typically, you know, if you didn't like being a mom, you're probably not going to try to have more children. But God just, he showed me, he said, Brie, I really redeemed the time for you that, yes, I know you, you spent the first part of your pregnancy sad and upset that this wasn't in your plans. But I also changed your heart. So those first few months, yes, you were sad, but then you did have a joyous pregnancy the second half of it, or, you know, the, the, the second and third trimester. But then with our son, John, I was able to experience what it felt like to take a pregnancy test and be excited about the results and, and cry with, with tears of joy. And, you know, I, God literally stepped into that situation and he took the unclean, which was my bratty response the first time around, and he made it clean and gave me an opportunity to be joyful about my pregnancy. And so even for some of you who are listening to this and maybe you've had an abortion. And so you think to yourself, okay, well, I can never be clean again. I, maybe you're in a marriage and your husband wants a child, but you feel like you cannot have a child because you just think you don't deserve one because of the child that you gave up. I want to let you know that God will take that thing that is unclean, that unclean memory or that unclean action, and he will make it clean. He is a God who redeems. And if you don't believe that, I mean, all you have to do is study various people in the Bible who messed up and he redeemed their life. I mean, think about Paul. So much of the Bible is written by Paul. So much of the New Testament is written by Paul. And he was someone who literally killed Christians for a living. 
he was a Pharisee who killed Christians for a living and God used him to do an amazing thing, amazing things. He's a, a big reason why many of us know Jesus Christ. Some of you can point to a, a scripture that Paul wrote as the reason why you committed your life to God because you said, okay, God, if you can do it for him, you can do it for me. And so I just want you to know if you're listening to this and you feel unclean, God is able to make that which feels unclean, clean because he is a God who redeems. So I said that if we are going to trust God to resurrect something that at one point was dead, we have to understand only he has the authority. So that means we can't be trying to resurrect it if he's really wanting us to let it go, that we're gonna have to just trust him to bring it back to us if it isn't in his will for us to have. But then I also talked about how we have to understand that he is the one who can make unclean things clean. And I do want to make a, a, a note here and a disclaimer to say, this is not to say that God is going to bless sin. Like if you are in a situation right now and you are having sex outside of marriage or you are living with a particular sin. I mean, whether it's overeating, because I've talked about my, my testimony of overcoming gluttony and, and, and you know you're not supposed to be doing it, but you're still doing it. I'm not saying that God is going to bless that and say, hey, you know, I know that you're not following my word, but that's fine. You have to repent. That's when he makes the unclean clean. You have to say, God, I messed up in this area. I want to be better. And for some people that may look like, okay, I'm going to stop having sex. For some people, in order for you to stop having sex with that person, you're going to need to move out of their house. and Because it's like, okay, well, I cannot just be in front of you all day and not want to sleep with you. So in order for me to to keep this commitment, and, and I'm not saying that from a, a lofty place, you guys, I dealt with that with me and my husband when we lived in New Orleans. Before we got married, when he first moved down there, he lived with me and my roommates and we did not have sex, but the temptation was definitely there. And I just had to ask myself, I said, Brie, are you really setting yourself up for success if you say you don't want to have sex with this man, but you guys sleep in the same bed every night. Like you're just, what are you doing, sis? And I know that there are couples out there and you are living with your your soon-to-be spouse or whatever, and, and, and not everybody's tempted. Okay, but for me, I had to say, I know that I am not going to leave this place with my virginity if this man continues to live in my house. And then honestly, what really hit the nail in the coffin, ironically enough, we're talking about coffins for me was, I had run across the scripture that says to avoid even the appearance of evil. And so I said, okay, I know that my husband and I aren't having sex. He was my boyfriend at the time. I said, I know me and my boyfriend aren't having sex, but other people don't know that. And it's going to tarnish my testimony, my witness, if I'm saying, hey, everybody, be pure. Especially I was working with teens at the time. Hey, you guys be pure. Don't don't have sex with your your boyfriend, whatever the case may be. But then they see that my boyfriend comes home with me and it's probably sleeping in my bed and so you really have to understand when I say that God makes the unclean things clean that comes when you repent and you say okay God I know that I've been going in the wrong direction but I'm choosing something different and I'm trusting that you're going to be the one to maintain that change within me because it's not like a switch where all of a sudden the desires you had completely go out of your mind and you don't ever think about those things again even though God is able to do that I mean I've heard of people who have gotten clean from dr uh, drug addictions or or smoking habits or 
drinking and God is a God of instantly, like we talked about before, but I just want you to know that I'm not saying, hey, you can live any kind of way and God is going to bless it. I'm saying that when you are living in sin, when you are unclean, quote unquote, and then you turn to God and you ask God to clean you up, that he will do it. And scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. And I think it's important for you guys to know that because someone's listening to this and you've only listened to the people who have told you that you would never be anything. But God is saying that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And he's saying that when you are in him, you are a new creation. So when people are addressing you by that old name, that, you know, the old nickname you used to have or the old thing you used to do you can say hey boo that's not me I don't you may want to 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 send this mail to somebody else because I have been redeemed I'm not I'm not the same person that you're used to dealing with and because God has changed me and so my last point is that when God touches you you have a decision to make you can continue to cower in fear or you can stand up in faith and this ties back with what I was saying in the previous point about how for many of us, we feel like we are the dead man in this passage of scripture, that we are the one that's in the coffin and, you know, all of our hope in our future is, is, appears to be dead. But I honestly feel like even if, even as you're listening to this, that this is God stepping into your situation and he's telling you what he told this young man. He said, young man, get up. And I feel like God is telling you, if you're listening to this, girl, get up, young man, get up, older man, get up, get up and, and do something different. You have a choice to make. I think it is a, you do yourself and God a disservice when he provides you with an out for whatever thing you're struggling with and you don't take it. Where he gives you the out out of the, the abusive relationship. He gives you the out out of the toxic friendship he gives you the out out of the old habits that you used to have he gives you the out but you don't take it you have a decision to make and at that point if you say okay god i know that i've asked you to cleanse me of this thing i know that i've given you authority in this area to resurrect something that i thought was dead but i don't really believe what you said I know you're saying that I can start the business again, but I'm not, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. I know you're saying that me and my husband can reconcile the marriage and that I know we've been separated for a year and it seems like we're heading in a good direction and that yes, we will be married again one day, but I don't really trust you. I'm afraid. And I dealt with this, you guys, just this week. I mean, I have a online learning platform called Activate, and it's for women of faith and business who need support and accountability. And I had an opportunity earlier this week to push back the launch because there was a video that I'd been working on with another sister in Christ, and I had a couple edits that I needed to make because the logo that I provided for her wasn't the right one. And then I wanted to make sure I had a call to action at the end of the video. And so when I gave her the changes, normally, you know, she's able to turn things around so quickly, but she said, Hey, Bree, it's the strangest thing. I can't get the video to export. I'm going to keep working on it. I'm going to keep working on it. And so days pass and the launch was this past Monday. And I really had a decision to make. I said, okay, 
I know that I've waited, that I've prayed, that I've fasted, that I've done everything I know within my own ability to work on this and be diligent in this. And I know that I believe firmly in my heart that this is the time God wants me to launch it. But now what I envisioned is not happening. And so maybe I don't need to launch it this week. And fear did come in of, well, maybe this isn't the right time. You know, maybe this is going to be yet another failed launch. And I just had to be honest with God and say, God, I don't want to continue to launch things to silence, right? To have these, these anticlimactic moments with various parts of my business and sometimes that's tempting because especially as a wife and a mom I think about just being quote-unquote regular not to say if you're quote-unquote just a wife and a mom you're regular but I know the calling that God has placed on my life I know that eventually I will travel various travel to various countries and speak. And I know that he has positioned me to help other women with their businesses and their books and their ministries. And so sometimes it's tempting to just kind of stay in this one role and just be the homemaker. And I know that God has told me in this season to get up because he did have me sitting down, right? He did, he did tell me to just focus on my family for a season and to not worry about bringing in any income, to not worry about writing any business plans, making any kind of connections, networking, to just really focus in on my family to make sure that I understood that that is my first ministry. But I'm in a season now where he's saying, girl, get up, go forth with the business idea, go forth with the launch, go forward, move forward with these various things that I've given you. And there's a temptation to still cower in fear because I think to myself, okay, well, what if this is going to be just like last time? What if I call that person to reconcile the relationship and they tell me again that they're not interested? What if I reach out to that potential business partner and they told me, oh, they're, they've gone with someone else? What if I reach out to that corporate sponsor and talk to them about this event and they tell me, you know, we're not really supporting these kinds of movements? What then? And you guys, I'm literally sharing real life examples, things that I've been dealing with. And it's hard because I realized earlier this week, sometimes I procrastinate on things because I think to myself, okay, well, at least I'm in control of the situation. If I reach out and they reject me, I don't know if I can handle it. That's what I tell myself. I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but the lie I, I allow myself to believe is, okay, if I reach out to them and they reject me, I'm not going to be able to bounce back from that. If I launch the business or I launch the Activate community and nobody buys a membership, I'm not going to be able to bounce back from that. If I publish the book and no one buys it, I'm not going to be able to bounce back from that. And so we rehearse these lies about who it is that God has called us to be. And we start hedging our bets and managing our expectations and telling God, okay, I know you said you're going to do it for me, but if you don't, it's okay. And now my prayer has been, God, help my unbelief. Help me to do it anyway, even when it doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. Help me to be consistent and persistent because at the end of the day, one of the fruits of the spirit is faithfulness. 
And I honestly believe that if some of us get instant success, there's a temptation for us to not be consistent in the work because we say, oh man, you know, I did this and I, I received $100,000 overnight. And so I'm good. Or we start getting cocky and self-reliant and God never is going to bless us in an area. I've talked about this on my Bible studies. He's never going to bless us in an area that's in competition for him. And so if he knows that you look to your career for your ultimate fulfillment, then he will allow you to go through some tests and trials that show you, oh, wait, I can't have my hope and my faith in this career. Or if your, your hope and your strength and your, your, your faith and your confidence is built in your finances, God will allow your finances to go to nothing so that you can understand what the scripture says when it says, though your riches increase, set not your heart upon them. I've dealt with that. God said, okay, I need you to be faithful and joyful, whether you have $100,000 in your account or if you have 10 cents in your account or if you have negative $100,000 in your account. I need you to be faithful. I need you to be joyful. I need you to be consistent. And again, y'all, we even just this week, we've had a few financial curveballs thrown our way. And in, year, in years past, even in months past, I might have gone into a tizzy. I might have lost myself and just been so, you know, self- just having a, a pity party and just being being negative about myself of oh see there you go again you keep messing up but I, I know that it's a test and so I just think about what scripture says in James 1 and I consider it pure joy because I know that the testing of my faith produces endurance but endurance must do its complete work so I can be perfect and complete lacking nothing so if you're in a situation and God has given you the go ahead and he said, girl, get up, man, get up, guy, get up. If he's told you that, then you have to stand on what his word says and you have to say, okay, God, I'm going to do what Peter did. I'm going to walk on water with you. But where I'm going to be different is that I'm going to keep my eyes on you because that's the only way you're going to stay afloat in this season. You know, I know that certain states have started to release the news that there, there will be a slow reopening of their state uh, starting around May 15th, but that's still another month. And so I think this is a huge opportunity for us to get firmly rooted and established in God's love and what he has promised us. Because at the end of the day, many times you're going to face opposition. If you're not facing opposition in one area of your life, you probably will be or, or are experiencing opposition in another area of your life. And so you have to trust what God says, even when it doesn't match with what you see. And you have to stand on his word that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You have to understand that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so whenever you're able to take God at his word and you move forward in faith, you have to understand you will continue to be attacked by the enemy. I mean, that's why the armor of God, the 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 shield of faith is what we're given. We're given the shield of faith. Why do we have a shield? Because we, that God knew we were going to have arrows from the enemy. Flaming arrows is how the Bible describes it to distract us from what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And so, you know, you get the unexpected bill in the mail, you get that phone call about the loved one who passed away. And it's not to say, don't, don't feel how you're feeling. Don't mourn the loss of loved ones, but also see it for what it is of, okay, this can push me closer into the presence of God, or this can draw me away from him. 
So those are our points for today, you guys, that if you are trusting God to resurrect that which is dead, you have to understand that only he is the one who has the authority to resurrect dead things. You have to understand that when he touches your situation, he can make that which was once unclean, clean. And then you have to understand that when he does touch your situation or he touches you because you feel like you're that dead thing, you have a decision to make that you can cower in fear or you can move forward in faith. What I love about this passage of scripture is that it says that the man was young. And what that tells me is that God knew that this was not the end of this young man's story. He knew that there was so much life for him still left to live. And I want to speak the same over your situation. I know things may look bleak, that things may appear to be dead. But as we talked about last week, I mean, some, some things look like they're dead and they're just asleep. And so if you ask God to truly take over the situation and you, you, you surrender all authority to resurrect the situation, the relationship, the business partnership, the corporate sponsorship, if you really trust him and you give him authority over your situation and you say, God, I trust that you can take the unclean things and make them clean. And then you say, God, I am going to not cower in fear, but move forward in faith that I'm going to believe that you go with me, that I promise you will see a miracle just like this young man did, that he was the miracle and that his mother was able to witness it. And for some of you, God is allowing you to go through the things that you're going through. He allowed that thing to appear dead so that you can be a witness. Your situation can be a witness to the family members around you who have been mourning over that relationship and saying, oh, girl, you know, I know we thought that was the one, but I guess that's just not him. Or again, with the business, oh, girl, I guess it is just time for you to get a regular job. But you tried, you gave it your best. And y'all, it's, it's not even dead. It's just asleep. And so I just pray that this was an encouraging word for you. I pray that you will share it with somebody who is in a season of mourning, whether they're mourning the loss of a loved one or a business deal or the book they were planning on launching or the loss of speaking engagements, whatever the case may be, because he is a God who redeems. And there's a scripture that says that those who sow in tears of joy will reap with earth those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. And so I just want to encourage you that every tear that you have, have cried in this season, there's going to come a time where you're going to reap with shouts of joy. And you're going to look back, and I know it seems crazy, but you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, God really birthed immense purpose through my pain. And it's going to give you faith as you continue to endure tests and trials throughout the rest of your days. So I just want to pray over this message and um, then we'll kind of do some closing announcements for the week. So Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for waking us up, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word, Lord God, for we know your word is true. I just pray, Lord, that someone was encouraged today uh, by this message, Lord, and that they felt like they were hearing directly from you. I pray, God, that they will share it with anybody in their community, Lord, who needs an encouraging word in this season. And I pray, Lord God, uh, that they will just not grow weary in well-doing like your word says in Galatians 6 and 9. Know that they will reap the harvest if they do not give up, Lord. I just pray that you will speak life over 
with those situations, Lord God, which appear to be dead, Lord God. Give strength to those people who are mourning the loss of loved ones in this season, Lord God. But please, Lord God, assure them, Lord, that there is purpose, Lord God, behind their pain. And I just pray, Lord God, that when you show them what that purpose is, Lord, that they will glorify your name. And so, Lord, we love you, we praise you, and thank you for all the things that you're doing in our lives, both seen and unseen. And I pray that you will continue to order our steps. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, you guys. So I thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will stay connected with us. We actually just started our own separate Instagram page. So you can go to the pain and Pur- it's pain and purpose podcast on Instagram and make sure you follow us over there. would love for you to share any kind of quotes that you took away from today. If you want to just show us that you're listening, make sure you tag us on Instagram at pain and purpose and our pain and purpose podcast. And please, please, please definitely leave us a review if this was a helpful episode for you. Uh, since this says we are new in the in the podcast game, and the, not me specifically, but this is a, a baby podcast, uh, we need all the reviews that we can get so that we can continue to reach a lot of people with this ministry. Um, also, if you are a woman of faith in business who does need support and accountability, especially in this season where you may be lacking motivation because of the things that you're being faced with on the day-to-day, that I would love for you to join our Activate community. Um, in light of everything happening with COVID-19, we do have memberships starting at just $9 a month. And so uh, this is, I'm sharing the date so that if people listen to this years in the future, they can say, well, she said it was $9 a month, but this is the week of April 16th, uh, 2020. And so as of right now, we do have a membership starting at just $9 a month. Um, In that community, you get a support group for you. So we have a private Facebook group where you can share your goals for the week and we can provide accountability for you in that way. We also have monthly masterclasses. We have monthly workshops. We do tutorials. And while we are focused a lot on the professional, there is personal as well. So we'll be talking about how to pray that people have expressed an interest in doing a a class on meal prepping because I just really want this to be a holistic community where you really feel like you have everything that you need because again I know that so many of us are in situations where we are mourning the loss of old community right where there were people that we were we were tied to before that God just said hey they can't go where you're going and so if you feel like God is leveling you up in terms of your circle and you need a, a supportive system and a supportive group of women who are where you are or have been where you are right now and are in a new place, then I hope that you will join us inside the Activate community. You can go to blackgirlsofpurposepodcast.com forward slash activate for more information on that. And you do get your first two weeks for free because I'm all about uh, the results, right? I want this, I want you to see that this really is a valuable community. So guys, I love you guys so much. I thank you again for listening. I hope that you'll stay connected with us over on Instagram at pain and purpose podcast and make sure you just share this with anyone who needs it. I really feel like this is a season where all of us could use a little bit more encouragement.